This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wadundry Land, and this is The Full Story. The chairman should resign now. Pull her socks up. Last Friday, Qantas's shareholders let off some steam at the airline's annual general meeting. There's a strong feeling within the community that Qantas has lost its social licence. Shareholders are disappointed and frustrated. Furious at the company's falling reputation, they delivered one of the biggest protest votes against executive pay in Australia's corporate history. But has the board learned any lessons? And what changes lay ahead for the embattled airline? Today... Qantas comes under fire again. It's Wednesday, the 8th of November. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Elias, Qantas shareholders got their first chance to make their voices heard since Alan Joyce's recent departure at the company's annual general meeting last week. How would you describe it? Yeah, it was certainly colourful. Elias Vasante is Guardian Australia's transport and urban affairs reporter. What we saw was uh, quite a lot of shareholder frustration, probably fair to say shareholder fury. You had heckling from shareholders. You had mics turned off. And, you know, you had protest votes where executive pay packets were, were really strongly rejected in basically one of the most significant um, votes in you know, recent Australian corporate history. And I think it just you know, really showed that um, Qantas is not even close to settling th- this kind of period of, of tumult and frustration from customers, but also from shareholders. So the biggest news to come out of this meeting was shareholders' protest vote against Qantas' executive pay. What happened there? It was pretty spectacular. So at every annual general meeting of a company, Basically, the board presents the the pay plan for executives and shareholders have to vote to pass it. And not only did this fail, it failed dramatically. And it was such an overwhelming sentiment that it was clear even from the beginning of the AGM before voting had started. Good morning, everyone. When Richard Goiter was welcoming everyone. To the 2023 Qantas Annual General Meeting. He acknowledged, and this is is pretty strange for an AGM, he acknowledged that it was going to fail. In the lead up to this AGM, I've spoken directly with many of our shareholders. It's clear that there will be an overwhelming vote against our remuneration report. You know, normally to reject something like this, it just needs a vote of 25% against. But this got about 83% of shareholders rejecting it. You know, when you zoom out and look in Australian corporate history, This is very reminiscent, really, of the era after the Banking Royal Commission when you had such strong protest votes. But please know this. We hear the message this strong vote sends, particularly in response to broader frustration with past events, and it galvanises our efforts to restore 
your confidence? I think it's important to realize this this only slightly changes what executives like the current CEO Vanessa Hudson will receive for her for her work when she was in her previous position as chief financial officer and and what people like Alan Joyce, the former CEO, will get. They're still going to be receiving, you know, many millions for their work and and their pay has often been the subject of kind of um, intense media speculation, given the recent, I guess, trajectory of the airline and and the period of customer frustration that um, kind of developed under the leadership of someone like Alan Joyce and kind of, I guess, in a way defined his exit from the company. And so while, you know, he'll still walk away a very well-paid CEO, this question of pay and of shareholder expectation of the board isn't going away. It means that if this happens again next year, it'll actually pave the way for a spill of the board. So it, it is significant, um, even if it hasn't translated into you know, a total docking of pay of those senior execs. And one of the other interesting things in this AGM was that shareholders actually heckled Qantas chairman Richard Goiter at one point. Why was that? Uh, Mr. Chairman, um, I'll be a little bit more abrupt. So during a period uh, at the AGM on Friday where Uh, the board was taking questions from shareholders. Um, I have concerns about the ethics of the board in relation to the leadership of the company. There was a question from a shareholder who was asking about the decision that Qantas made to outsource about 1,700 ground handlers at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, that was found to be illegal and Qantas was pretty insistent on fighting that and they took it through two appeals all the way to the High Court. And Richard Goida was the chairman throughout all of that and, you know, endorsed that approach by them to fight that, which was costly not only legally, but now they're left with a a pretty mammoth compensation bill that could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And so there was this question from the shareholder really asking, you know, even if legally you thought you could have won that legal case, what about the ethical implications of it, right? Sacking 1,700 people in the middle of a pandemic that uh, they didn't have access to JobKeeper or anything else like that. And, um, you know, Richard Goida said, look, I have no issues. For me and the board is the ethics of, of the people sitting up with me. I've got absolutely zero concern about the ethics of the people who sit alongside me at the Qantas board. In the question, there was also concern that someone like Alan Joyce had, had cashed out a lot of his shares before the company took a hit and a financial hit in many ways. I understand that the former CEO sold a significant proportion of his Qantas shares. Is that correct? Perhaps 90%? Uh, at the time, it was a significant proportion of his shares, yeah. Okay. And am I also led to believe that it was the day prior to the ACCC making an announcement about the false flights or the mystery flights? No, that's incorrect. Basically, the question said, did Alan Joyce know that this decision was coming? Your question about Mr Joyce's share sale is wrong. He sold shares in June. It was already announced that he would be departing the company in November at the time. We had done a market briefing day two days before. We complied with our continuous disclosure obligations. That was in June. So I don't want to make it seem like Goida was silencing anything. He basically said, look, 
I defend the ethics and the legality of all the decisions of the executives and the board. And then this guy followed up and he's like, really? No, I'd be very careful because you're implying in the, in an illegal act and there was nothing illegal. An unethical act. Well, yeah. you're okay. implying either or and I'm not going to let that stand in this room. Thank you. And then that's when he was like, okay, we're cutting this guy's mic off. All right. I'm going to move online no, no, to any online not. questions. No, can we Sorry. close down microphone too, please? Which led to a bit of a chant from shareholders in the room. Shame on you. Chairman, we've had a number of other questions from the Australian Shareholders Association that have come in online about Qantas's support for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament. Elias, Goida's going to be retiring before the next AGM. How significant will that be for the company? Qantas is at the point where they've, they've openly said they acknowledge that they've underdelivered and that they really need to, to change things and, and refresh and reboot themselves. Mm. A board of directors isn't running the company day to day. But it's obviously a really important structure to have, especially when an airline's going through the crisis that someone like Qantas is now. And yeah, I think, you know, if you're a shareholder, you probably would really value a sense of competency in the board. Now, you know, it's not to say that um, it's not a competent company. They're certainly delivering, especially for shareholders. Qantas announced a record $2.47 billion profit this year. But I think there there could be some value in rebalancing the board. You know, there was an interesting moment at the AGM. One of the questioners asked the board, I'd like a show of hands from the board here now that we have you in front of us. How many of you have taken an economy class international trip in the last 12 months as an indication of how interested you are in the core part of the business? And only one of the board put up their hand. Thank you, Mr Tyler. You know, Richard Goyder said point taken, point known. Your point's well made, thank you. Yeah. And I think really it did, it did show that Qantas as a company has been very concerned primarily with the shareholder experience and if they mean business when they say that they want to focus on the customer now, you'd, you'd think that would have a logical consequence in terms of, of their board going forward and some changes there. Speaking of changes to the board, there was also a push for advertising veteran Todd Sampson to come off the board at this AGM. Why was that? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Thanks, Richard. Good afternoon. Eight years ago, I was asked to join the Qantas board, and I was excited to accept for two reasons. Uh, it's an important, iconic company. And when you look at boards across Australia, you don't really know who these people are. Often they've progressed through business. They're often quite, you know, true veterans of their industries. But with Todd Sampson, he was a name in the face, quite charismatic, who you might know from the ABC's Gruen. As you may know, my experience and skill sets in customer and marketing is not the dominant skill set on boards today. Um, thankfully, that's changing. He was coming up for re-election, so this was actually a chance for those who, you know, I guess really wear out for a taste of blood to get it. And I just want to say I take full responsibility for my role on the board and uh, the attention that that has brought. Some had questioned his position given the brand reputational damage that's happened to Qantas this year. Going into Friday's AGM, there was some expectation that that protest vote, which we saw against executive pay, would also extend to, to Todd Sampson. Mm. There were questions from proxy advisors basically asking whether he was just watching the brand unravel in slow motion and, you know, 
why wasn't more done to intervene and, and stop that? Especially given his expertise in that field. Yeah, and I think it's certainly tough to pin what's happened to Qantas on any one individual. But For those voting today, please cast your vote now if you haven't already done so. There was a, a vote of 34% against his re-election, and for that vote you do need a majority of 50% to get up. Uh, so on that basis, Todd, uh, well done. You'll be re-elected to the Qantas board. Uh, but he he kind of, you could tell when he was talking, when he was making his pitch to be re-elected, that um, there was a bit at stake here and it wasn't certain. And he really talked about how his his experience in the ad and the marketing industry would be very useful for the airline now. Our brand and reputation have suffered considerable damage, damage that we can and will repair. And I've spent a career helping other clients in similar brand situations that we now find ourselves in. He was re-elected, as I said. But again, I think it, it just goes to these questions of frustration from investors, from shareholders who see you know, a company that used to be really strong and saw quite a steady decline in share price over the last half of this year. And a lot of the criticism that has been directed at Qantas in recent years has been that under Alan Joyce's leadership, the company puts shareholders before consumers. But now there seems to be a lot of anger from shareholders themselves directed at the board of Qantas. How much do you think the board is to blame for Qantas's troubles? Shareholders came to the AGM with this expectation that we're in this bad spot. Alan Joyce has taken some responsibility by stepping down early. But there's still all these questions we have about how we got to this point. It wasn't just Alan Joyce. You're a company. You're an airline. They had questions for the board about okaying a lot of the decisions that got them where they were today. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't, I'm not in board meetings, not on the Qantas board, if I needed to state that as a disclosure. But clearly there was an expectation the board should have done much more. And I'm not sure there was a great deal of satisfaction in the answers that the board came up with at this AGM. And so I guess those questions about competency in the board are still there. Well, did we learn anything from the meeting about how Qantas now plans to win back consumer and shareholder trust? Yeah, my two cents is that not, not really. Hello, I am Vanessa Hudson, the new CEO of the Qantas Group. I know that we have let you down in many ways, and for that I am sorry. I think ever since Vanessa Hudson took over as CEO of Qantas from Alan Joyce, She's made a few very carefully choreographed statements. A lot of them have been pre-recorded videos. We haven't delivered the way we should have, and we've often been hard to deal with. Talking about how we need to, as an airline, put customers first and put customers at the centre of everything. And when she addressed the future and the direction of Qantas at the AGM, it was again that same line about the customer. A focus on customer is my and my leadership team's number one focus. Uh, we talk about it all the time and a number of things uh, we are focused on. First of all, And to that end, I don't think we learnt anything new. It was still those same lines. This was, I guess, unique in that it was an event where she could face questions. She hasn't done any press conferences since she started as CEO, but... Again, I think it, it did feel largely to a script. But it was an interesting week for the AGM to happen because a few days before, 
we did learn something quite new about Qantas, which was its response to a really significant legal case that it's got on its hands. Next, Qantas defends itself in court. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Elias, Qantas is also currently being sued by the consumer watchdog ACCC. It argues that the airline advertised and sold tickets for more than 8,000 flights that had already been cancelled. What have we learned about how Qantas is preparing to approach that? So a few days before the AGM, Qantas put out a media release talking about how it was going to yeah, defend itself. And it took the approach of saying, look, the ACCC doesn't quite understand the reality of operating an airline. It talked about how the ACCC didn't understand the reality of operating an airline, that there's all these variables and things that come up and need changing at the last minute. They also tried to unpack the technical aspects of how flights could stay on sale despite the fact they were cancelled. It was a really tough time when these flight cancellations occurred in early 2022 and that while there was some delay in telling people and taking down flights from sale, this was ultimately to avoid uncertainty and frustration for existing ticket holders. And that, you know, if they'd just cancelled every flight and sent out all those pings to customers, would have flooded the phone lines, there would have been chaos. And I guess to the average punter, that probably seems, you know, like an understandable reason. But when you look at the actual legal defence that Qantas filed with the court, it talks a very different thing. Basically, Qantas says these allegations of engaging in misleading and deceptive conduct in selling these cancelled flights, they don't apply because we don't sell tickets to specific flights. We actually sell a bundle of rights, which isn't just the ticket you bought, but it's options to alternative flights if that first flight was cancelled. Which is a very technical legal defence, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those ones I'm not sure it quite passes the pub test. And I guess if you flip it for Qantas, would they really be so happy if a customer who was late or missed their flight rocked up to the gate and said, 
look, I missed my flight, but I've got this bundle of rights. When's the next one you can put me on? Mm. Um, when you zoom out and you and you look at those two arguments, it really points to a bit of a mismatch, right? There's this, this media line that they're really trying to change that tone uh, and they're trying to explain themselves as, look, we mucked up, but we had reasons and we really want to put customers first now. But when you compare it with the legal defense, it's certainly that's really quite reminiscent of this approach that Qantas has had for quite a while now, the past few years, kind of going into battle on every issue, whether it's with unions or whether it's a legal case, reminiscent of this Alan Joyce era. And it does seem like they're going to, you know, fight quite tooth and nail with the ACCC on this one. So the federal government also has a role to play in the aviation industry. So what is the Albanese government doing here? So this tumultuous period that Qantas has endured towards the end of this year, it's not just been about customer frustration and, and legal issues. There's also been a backdrop of questions about the influence that Qantas has in, in politics. What kicked a lot of this off was a decision by the federal government to block Qatar Airways from almost doubling the amount of flights it runs to Australia, which a lot of people said would have made airfares cheaper across the board at a time when they're historically very expensive. Mm. We had a Senate inquiry into that Qatar Airways decision as a result of that, the government agreed to restart up a monitoring program of Australian aviation. In a nutshell, the ACCC monitors every industry, right? It's the competition and consumer watchdog. And with this monitoring program, the government's giving it special powers and extra resources to almost take a bigger magnifying glass and, and look at the industry to get inside information that they wouldn't normally get from their regular powers. And it provides really useful evidence about the behaviors of airlines, about how they set prices, about their cancellations. And it's with what the ACCC can do with that and call out airlines, whether they're price gouging, whether they're engaging in other anti-competitive behavior, whether they're failing consumers. It's the ability to, to authoritatively call that out that is really useful when I guess you have an industry that is quite frustrated at the dominance of Qantas, but when they look to the government, they haven't seen too many policies that have responded to their concerns so far. Just having this monitoring program exist is an incentive for airlines to do better and make sure that they are acting and delivering for consumers as they should be. Mm. There are reports and watchdogs and pretty influential people in this industry who are all raising concern at what having such dominance in the market means for what Australians pay for flights and the experience they get. And despite all of that noise, I don't think you can point to too many decisions the Albanese government has made or steps it's taken to, to counter that and to respond to some, some pretty big grievances, whether they're small airlines or airport chiefs, have with Qantas. And I think there's definitely a hope from the industry um, that now that the ACCC has these powers again to really take out a fine-tooth comb, get access to data and really hold airlines to, to account more, there is that hope that, that maybe things might start to change. So what impact will this have for airfares and for consumers who want to travel with Qantas right now? You know, while Qantas really talks about wanting to deliver for customers now, I think it's a, a really tough time to guarantee that. There are issues with the trajectory of fuel prices and Qantas could be paying quite a bit more for jet fuel. Um, they've also got some unique costs specific to their airline 
it does cost more to staff an Australian airline than a foreign airline, even though you're competing on the same routes. Qantas's planes are also much older than their competitors, so they, they cost a bit more to actually operate. And then there's also the looming potential hundreds of millions that they might have to pay for that ACCC action for selling tickets to flights that were cancelled. The ACCC said they want to see penalties of at least $250 million. There's also a compensation bill that Qantas is going to have to pay for illegally outsourcing 1,700 ground handler jobs. They took that all the way to the high court and lost. And, and now th that could also be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And so there was certainly a lot of shareholder concern at those costs in the tunnel and where they've been budgeted into in how the airline's going to operate. And it's kind of hard to divorce that from how you run an airline, the financial realities, and ultimately what customers are going to have to pay. Mm. Well, you've also written that while airfares are probably going to go up, Australians are still likely to continue paying those higher prices in order to travel. And it sounds like not much is changing to curb Qantas's dominance in the market to try and bring down some of those fares. So will all of this fury from the shareholders that we've seen over the last week really do much to change how consumers experience Qantas in the short term? Yeah, I think this is the big question for Qantas, right? Um, they've certainly started that crisis strategy of talking about customers, but when you look for tangible proof of what's changed, I don't think you'll necessarily see hugely discounted fares compared to a few months ago. Um, Qantas is in the middle of a review of how it repairs its brand, so we actually haven't learned the official next big step from them. The reality is there does seem to be a whole lot of talk about the customer experience, but when you take together things like what airfares are looking like and that legal defence, it does look like there is still that kind of bullish attitude that maybe we saw under Alan Joyce. And it does seem to, in a way, still be driving Qantas's direction right now. That was Elias Vasante. He's the transport and urban affairs reporter for Guardian Australia. You can read his story, which he wrote with Jonathan Barrett and Kate Kelly on Qantas's AGM. It's called Qantas Chair Heckled by Shareholders as Investors Reject Executive Pay Plans. We'll post a link to that on the full story page. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design, mixing and composed our theme music. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. That's it for today. Please follow and subscribe to Full Story wherever you like to listen and leave us a review. It really helps us find new listeners. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.